the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This podcast is brought to you by Dr. Kirk Elliott, PhD. If you're looking for wealth management solutions and financial advice, go to KirkElliottPhD.com and make an appointment today. Good afternoon. This is Brandon Gill. I'm Dinesh's son-in-law filling in for Dinesh today. He's busy with his blockbuster new movie coming out this week, Police State. It's been huge. It's sold out theaters across the country. It's gotten a riveting response because it's so eye-opening. And if you're a regular listener to the Dinesh D'Souza podcast, you've probably heard from me before. I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of an America First news outlet called DC Inquirer. You can find us online. That's DC Inquirer with an E.com. I highly encourage you to read us. Check us out. We have breaking news you don't want to miss. And you can also find all kinds of political commentary as well. President Trump often shares our articles on social media, which means he reads us, which means you should too. You can find me on social media as well. On Twitter, or X, I should say, I'm at Real Brandon Gill. I'm just at Brandon Gill on Truth Social. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram as well. We've got a great show for you today. <clears throat> we have Congressman Troy Nels joining us. He's going to talk about his time as a, still a pretty fresh congressman. He's going to tell us about what happened on January 6th. He was there. He was at the Capitol. He was there. He heard the gunshot that killed Ashley Babbitt. So he's going to tell us all about that. Uh, and then we also have Bevelyn Williams as well, who has been a target of the deep state for quite some time now. I want to make sure that you guys also check out Police State, the movie. Like I said, Dinesh has been working on it uh, for, for months now. I've spent a lot of time working on it as well. It's been in theaters. The theaters have been selling out. Um, we have our virtual premiere tonight, which you can still get tickets for only at policestatefilm.net. That's policestatefilm.net, not .com. And if you can't make it to watch the virtual premiere tonight, you can stream the movie starting tomorrow, Saturday, October 28th on Rumble, and you can watch it anytime you want if you if you choose that route from the comfort of your own home. Thanks for joining us. We've got a great show coming up, so let's get started. Times are crazy in a time of confusion, division, and lies. We need a brave voice of reason, understanding, and truth. This is the Dinesh D'Souza Podcast. During times of economic uncertainty and political upheaval, it's crucial to have a reliable source of financial guidance and insight. That's where Dr. Kirk Elliott, PhD, and his esteemed wealth management advisory firm come into play. Dr. Kirk Elliott has distinguished himself with two PhDs in economics and theology, has built a reputation in expert financial solutions tailored to your unique needs. His firm specializes in wealth management, offering a comprehensive array of services to protect and grow your assets in an ever-changing world. In an environment filled with economic volatility and shifting political landscapes, finding a trusted partner during these challenges is essential. Dr. Elliott's firm employs cutting-edge strategies and an understanding of the markets to guide you towards financial success. Go to kirkelliottphd.com slash Dinesh and book an appointment, and they'll explain their process about investing. Again, that's kirkelliottphd.com slash Dinesh, Elliott with two L's and two T's, or call or text 720-605-3900. Back to the Dinesh D'Souza podcast. I'm Brandon Gill filling in for Dinesh today and yesterday and a few days next week while Dinesh is 
on the media tour promoting police state, which is something I want to talk a little bit about starting out. As I've said before, I think police state really is Dinesh's best movie yet. He's had so many, and 2000 Mules obviously was, was incredibly cutting edge. Um, he's had it, he had his movies with Obama, which got him locked up for a few months. Um, but 2000 Mules is a little bit different from the documentaries he's done in the past. And part of the reason, I think, is that it's so cinematically gripping. Um, the movie starts with an, an FBI raid recreation. And one of the things about the way Dinesh and D'Souza Media does these recreations is they're not just sort of what Dinesh imagines to be a, an FBI raid he actually brought in several law enforcement advisors to help him do this. I was one of the the actors, you would say, in the raid, um, and they basically had an eagle eye on every one of us telling us exactly where to hold our guns, which direction we should walk, um, how we should move about the room, how we should yell, when we should yell. I mean, they down to the T to make sure that whenever people watch this raid, especially if they're from law enforcement they know that this is what this is what this stuff actually looks like to bust down somebody's door and and jump into their home <clears throat> we're still waiting for the critic response from rotten tomatoes um usually if you've seen the rotten tomatoes response to dinesh's past films you'll notice kind of a pattern um rotten tomatoes breaks out the ratings between the the critics on the one hand and the 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 people who watch the movie on the other and for every single one of dinesh's movies the people love them They're, you're usually seeing 90 percent plus audience ratings on rotten tomatoes the audience usually or excuse me the critics usually give the movie something closer to a zero five ten percent rating which is kind of what I'm expecting from Police State and honestly tells you all you need to know about what movie critics are looking to accomplish with their ratings. <clears throat> but like I said, I think that this is Dinesh's best movie yet. I think that it tells a story in a way that I have never seen told. You know, we've <clears throat> we kind of know what's happening intuitively. You can feel it. You can feel the overreach from the federal government getting more and more pervasive and more personal. You can feel law enforcement sort of turn, especially on the federal level, turning against American citizens. But this movie really brings it home. He brings several stories of, of people who were targeted directly by the deep state, innocent Americans who have had their homes raided by the FBI, who have been targeted from just bogus federal statutes um, meant to lock them up and meant to silence dissent, particularly of conservatives and Christians. Uh, he brings these interviews to light. Some of them, people, most people have never heard before. There's also a great interview in the movie with, I shouldn't say great, a, a profoundly sad but very moving interview with the aunt of one of the victims of the January 6th witch hunt. Again, all of this is in the movie, so I don't want to give away too much, but I, I highly, highly encourage you to watch it if you haven't already. The virtual premiere is tonight. It starts at, I believe, 8 o'clock Eastern time. You can get tickets for it on policestatefilm.net. The, the way the virtual premiere works, and we did this for 2,000 Mules also, it's really, really neat. Dinesh will be in studio at this massive studio in Las Vegas called War Aid. Dan Bongino is going to be streaming in. Whenever they start the show, we're going to have Forgaccio Blow, who is a MAGA conservative rapper, do a do his rap perform for performed for us, which is also in the movie. Then Dinesh is going to say a few words. We're going to stream the movie and you can watch it alongside Dinesh and alongside thousands of other patriots across the entire country. And afterwards, there's going to be a Q&A with Dinesh and Dan Pongino. And the way it works is it, it's really cool. It's almost like a Skype with tens of thousands of other people who are watching it alongside of you, like-minded patriots. And you can either raise your hand, so to speak, in the Skype, or you can type in your questions and Dinesh and Dan <clears throat> can and will answer them uh, if they can get to them. It's a lot of fun. It's a really exciting event and it's a really unique way to watch the movie 
If you can't do that, you can stream the movie on Rumble starting, I believe, Saturday night. Again, you can find all the information on policestatefilm.net, but come Saturday, just check it out on on uh, Rumble. You can watch it on your own time that way. <laughs> but since we don't have many reviews from the critics, I'd like to read some of the feedback we've gotten <clears throat> on Twitter from people who have seen this movie in theaters. Uh, the movie was in theaters Monday and Wednesday of this week. The way Dinesh does these uh, the theater showings is he doesn't just sort of send the movie to the movie theaters the way most movies do it because you run into all kinds of censorship issues. So Dinesh actually takes the risk of buying out entire theaters for two nights, and then he takes the risk of having to sell those tickets, which is a really, uh, really unique way of doing it. But it was in theaters Monday and Wednesday of this week, and here's here's some of the responses that we've gotten. These are from Twitter. Went to see at Dinesh D'Souza, hashtag police state film last night. The theater was packed. Julie Kelly, who has been excellent on reporting on January Sixers, is in it too. Then in all caps, it is the most important and chilling documentary of our time, a must see, which I definitely agree with. Another person said informative and eye-opening. It was amazing that everyone was singing the national anthem at the end, which is interesting. We've gotten that from a lot of people and there's been videos all over Twitter of theaters, entire theaters packed at the end with people holding their hand over their heart, singing the national anthem in unison inside the theater. Um, that's been happening all over the place, and you can find videos, like I said, on Twitter. Here's another Here's another review. Excellent film. I cried, booed, and cheered, and I stood and sang the national anthem. Thank you, Dinesh, for doing what you do. Here's another one. The biggest overall sense I felt was the crushing insensitivity to the individual and our laws, right, and constitution that our current federal government and agencies have. They only care about establishing their party, a tyranny crushing anyone in the way. And that's something you'll definitely realize if you watch the movie. <clears throat> Another one. We saw police state film yesterday and everyone in the audience felt all the emotions. We stood up at the end of the movie and sang the national anthem together. You guys did a great job. Thank you. One more. Just watched Police State. Great work. Dinesh D'Souza, Dan Bongino, Julie Kelly, Peter Schweitzer, and all the others who contributed. Special love sent out to those who are serving unjust prison sentences. The Babbitt family, the Boyland family, and Perna family. God save our great nation. <clears throat> Police State is an amazing documentary I watched in the theaters yesterday. Whether you are conservative or not, the message it represents still stands. And I hope I'm not being redundant, but you can find hundreds and hundreds of reviews just like this on Twitter. I'll read just a few more um, for anybody who hasn't watched it. This will give you a sense of what people are saying. Went to the premiere of at Dinesh D'Souza's new documentary, Police State, last night. Everything is talked about, including big tech, the border, January 6th. FISA and Patriot Act, guess who voted to renew those, and more. It's a must-watch. Brilliant work at Dinesh D'Souza and Dan Bongino. We know it's here, but seeing it made it hit home even more. The theater all sang together at the end. Many of us cried. Thank you and everyone who was a part of this. That's just a taste. We've heard um, hundreds of people tell us in person similar things, which is that this was an incredibly moving film, that it was not only groundbreaking in what it was saying, there are lots of stories that are uh, haven't been told or at least haven't been told very widely. Very few people know about a lot of the information that's in this movie, but it's told in a way that that really conveys the message uh, in, an, in a visceral and emotional way. You know, it's one thing to provide information it's another to tell a story, and that's what a lot of these documentaries do, particularly this one. One of my favorite things about it is, like I said, there's some really good uh, recreations of FBI raids, but there's also actual footage in this movie of real FBI raids 
that were obviously political against innocent American citizens. There's one in particular, and I won't give you too many details, uh, so you need to watch the film. But it was a man in New York City, and the FBI came and raided his apartment, and they blocked out several of his cameras in his apartment. They were These were kind of security cameras that he had put up, but they missed a few. So he got the whole raid on camera, and basically what you see is that uh, the way these people do, they leave nothing untouched. It's like a, a storm ran through this guy's apartment. They open up all of his drawers. They throw all of his belongings and clothes all over his floor. I mean, it really looks like a natural disaster. <clears throat> and you can see all of that actual footage in this documentary, which is uh, gripping and terrifying at the same time. Um. The last thing I'll say about this is that it it really brings together uh, sort of this state of the country that we're in right now. <clears throat> he said a lot of people know that this is happening, but you don't sometimes you need to to have the story laid out to really feel it, to really, really know. And that's what this documentary does. Um, it's the movie really is more like a, a feature movie than like a documentary. I think there's been. Uh, several people who have who have made that point, Steve Bannon, one of them, has said that this is more cinematically a, a film than it is really a documentary in a lot of ways. <clears throat> Dan Bongino has said that this is the most important project in this space, meaning the political space, that he's ever worked on, which is a pretty big deal coming from a guy like that who has done lots and lots of things in the conservative world and is still doing lots of things. So again, Highly encourage you guys to watch the movie. The virtual premieres tonight. If you can't make the virtual premiere, make sure that you stream it on Rumble. <clears throat> we'll be selling DVDs later as well in the coming week. All the information is on policestatefilm.net, not .com. That's .net, policestatefilm.net. Make sure you check it out. We're going to have some guests on um, today who was in the, who were in the film uh, they're going to tell you a little bit more about it, but make sure you check it out. Check out the virtual premiere tonight. Thanks. Dinesh and Debbie started taking Relief Factor two years ago, and the difference they have seen in their joints the past two years has been nothing short of amazing. Aches and pains are gone thanks to this 100% drug-free solution called Relief Factor. Relief Factor supports your body's fight against inflammation that's the source of aches and pains. More than 1 million people have tried Relief Factor, and about 70% have gone on to order more. Debbie's been able to do all the exercises that for several years she wasn't able to do. It's been a game changer for her, her aunt, other members of our family, and for many other people. You too can benefit. Try it for yourself by ordering the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. Welcome back to the Dinesh D'Souza podcast. I'm Brandon Gill filling in for Dinesh today and uh, a little bit next week as well while we're, we're promoting, promoting Police State. If you haven't seen it, make sure you watch it. We have a special guest now. He's a congressman for Texas's 22nd Congressional District. He's a former sheriff of Fort Bend County of eight years and a U.S. Army veteran. He's also in the movie Police State. Congressman Troy Nels, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Good to be with you, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Congressman, I, I want to ask you, you've been in Congress for a little over about three years now. You were elected in 2020. Tell us a little bit about as somebody who's still a bit of a fresh face in, in Washington, what were some of the things that you were expecting to find whenever you got to Washington and what has been your experience so far? Well, my expectations, I didn't expect a whole hell of a lot, quite honestly, <laughs> uh, but this function, uh, everything that this place that Donald Trump described it as a swamp, it's actually, he's, he's right uh, with that definition, but you know, it was January 3rd, we were sworn in, and then here it is three days later, I'm that brand new woodchuck in this, you know, in, in Washington, D.C., and then January 6th takes place. So 
it's been an interesting, you know, three years. Uh, now today we're trying to elect a speaker and I believe Mike Johnson will get elected speaker, but it's been an interesting, interesting, uh, uh, three years. Uh, and I appreciate, I have to tell you, I appreciate everything that individuals such as Dinesh and others are doing to expose the way this place operates, the way they have weaponized the DOJ and the FBI. I'm really, really excited about this, this new film, Police State. And I would encourage everybody and anybody in America to, to watch it. No, and, and I appreciate that. And I, I think that goes for you as well. One of the interesting things, like we said, you've, you've been in Washington for three years now. And I think that you've taken on one of the most probably contentious issues there is, which is January 6th. You wrote a book. Uh, you've got a couple chapters written specifically about it. Um, you've been kind of, you've been on the news a lot talking about it. This happened several days or only a few days after you were sworn in. Tell us about January 6th. You were at the Capitol that day. Um, you have a background in law enforcement. You were a sheriff, as we talked about earlier. Tell us about what you found on January 6th um, and, and just sort of walk us through that day. Sure. Well, I knew what I was going to do. Uh, January 6th was the day we were going to certify the 2020 election. I had my mind made up already that I felt that there were in, uh, irregularities in the election. I thought the election was rigged. Quite honestly, I still believe today that it was it was stolen all under the uh, under COVID. And so I knew what I was going to do. And we got to the uh, Arizona uh, and I objected to Arizona. And then once we returned back in session to Pennsylvania, those were the two states that we objected to. But it uh, I was at the middle doors. You know, I knew that the vice president and others are going to be walking down that that center aisle leading into the chamber. So I was positioned there. And while we were sitting there going through Arizona, uh, a bunch of Capitol Police officers playing clothes and uniform, you know, whisked Nancy away out through the speaker's lobby. One guy said, hey, put his hands up, everybody. The Capitol's been breached. Um, you could hear people starting to yell and scream, a lot of noise. And then those back doors started rattling. They started rattling. People were trying to enter into those doors. And and then you'll see several pictures, uh, Brandon, where I uh, I stayed at the back doors. The Capitol Police told me I had to leave, but I said, oh, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving here. I'm going to stay here with my my brothers and sisters in blue. So I did everything I could to try to defuse the situation and keep the rioters uh, from entering the House chamber. And we were successful at that. Right. And I, I, I know this is kind of a, a loaded question, but what what do you think was the failure on January 6th, being a law enforcement officer yourself? I mean, how how did this happen? I think that's what everybody wants to know. Sure. Well, it was within 30 days or so that uh, I was at a luncheon with all the other freshmen and Kevin McCarthy pulled me aside and said, Troy, I want you to look into the uh, January 6th, uh, the committee hearings that the Senate had back in that like March and April of this of, of that same year. And I looked into it and produced a, a 14 page document uh, for Kevin McCarthy on my opinions, my feelings, the research, because I spent hours, hours uh, looking at this. Uh, and, and I told Kevin, I said, this was a complete law enforcement failure is what it was. This was a failure by the leadership of the Capitol Police to share the intelligence with the individuals that needed it, because if they would have shared the intelligence that they had, uh, January 6th would have never happened. The Capitol Police were ill-prepared to deal with that because they never knew the members, the 1,840 members of the Capitol Police never knew just how uh, uh, ugly it was going to get. So it was a law enforcement failure. Kevin McCarthy, I provided him. And then he asked me to be on the committee. You know, Nancy Pelosi selected uh, a, a committee, uh, put five Republicans on this thing uh, with Speaker McCarthy asking me to be one of the five. And in the end, Nancy Re Pelosi rejected Jim Banks and Jim Jordan. Uh, didn't like those guys. So we decided as a group, we're not going to participate at all. Right. I mean, I, I think we all could see from uh, from afar how much of a sham they were. But why do you think this happened? I think the, the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. is one of the most secure places in the entire world. Um, they knew that there was going to be uh, big protests that day. I mean, why do you think um, this was allowed to, to sort of slip by? Why, why was there an intelligence failure? 
Well, because the individuals and there's a lot of incompetence uh, at the senior leadership levels in the Capitol Police. And there's a there was an assistant chief Pittman. And I really blame her for a majority of this, of what took place. I think she, quite honestly, is solely responsible. She could have prevented it from taking place, prevented it from happening. But she did nothing. And I bring her up because she oversaw the intelligence section of the Capitol Police. The intelligence reports were being sent to her. She knew that the Capitol, the Capitol itself, think about that, Brandon. We knew, she knew that the Capitol itself was the target. She knew extremist groups from both sides, white supremacist groups are going to be there. There was going to be a high propensity for violence. It was coming. She knew it was going to take place and she didn't share it with anybody. Matter of fact, I talked to the, uh, the then the co- commanding general of the DC National Guard. Uh, General Walker. And I said to him, I said, General, if you'd have knew, if you'd have seen this intelligence, and as t- intelligence would suggest, the National Guard should have been on our nation's capital on January 4th already, because there was an assessment done on January 3rd, a special events assessment by the Capitol Police. And in that report, it said it's going to get ugly up here in the Capitol building itself as a target. National Guard here should have been January 4th. And the general said, if we'd have had the National Guard here on the 4th, January 6th would have never happened. They hid the intelligence. I do think you think they wanted it to happen or do you think it was just sheer incompetence? Well, incompetence, but I'm thinking to myself, now, why would she hide such valuable information, such important information as this intelligence and not share it with anybody? And the reason you saw the Capitol Police that day and all the video that you see uh, that's been released Many of these officers are just walking around in their regular standard everyday uniform. They didn't have the ballistic shields or any of the equipment they need to to take uh, to deal with individuals like in civil disturbances and riots. It's because they they weren't told that how ugly this was going to get. And when you look at the 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 display that we had across uh, this Capitol complex for security, like the first line of defense. What did we have? We had bicycle racks. These bicycle racks, Brandon, would go up to your waist and couldn't keep your cat in your yard. And all of a sudden they knew there were going to be thousands of people coming up to this Capitol building that day and they had bicycle racks. It stinks to high heaven and we need to get to the bottom of it. Absolutely. And you mentioned in the movie that you heard the gunshot that killed Ashley Babbitt on January 6th. You were at the Capitol, again, only a few days into the job. Tell us, whenever you were seeing this, whenever you heard that gunshot, what was going through your mind? Well, I was there at the at the door uh, talking to the knucklehead on the other side of the door. You can see the pictures. He's looking through the broken glass. They broke the glass. They mm-hmm. did. And I started looking through there. I had a Texas mask on. COVID was in full effect, right? So we all had masks on. And he looked at me and he said, you're from Texas. You should be with us. I looked at the young man. I said, buddy, I can't support what you're doing here. You're obviously we're trying to conduct business in here. We're here uh, to certify the election. And you're in here breaking glass. I said, I highly recommend you stop banging on these doors because the men and women to my left and right that have their guns pointed at you. You try to get in, they're going to shoot and kill you. So I tried to continue to defuse the situation. We were successful. They stopped banging. They didn't come through. But it was just a few moments uh, while I was at the, we're talking to these individuals. I heard that that gunshot. I heard that gunshot. It came over my right shoulder. And that was back in the speaker's lobby. And, and that was the shot that that killed uh, Ashley Babbitt. It was fired by a, a guy named Lieutenant Bird. Uh, with the Capitol Police. And I've been very, very critical uh, of that shooting. Uh, when you really look into it and you see the video that's been released, I'm telling you, I don't like what he did there. I don't think he was justified in what he did. And it never even went to a grand jury, Brandon. That shooting never went to a grand jury. Every shooting across the country, law enforcement shooting, should go to a grand jury. Everyone. Right. And you can see uh, just only a few months before January 6th during the Black Lives Matter riots, the kind of violence and destruction that was uh, just ubiquitous in our country for for several months. And uh, you can see what happened to them. But as you come into Congress, and this is probably one of the stickiest issues that you could focus on, there's a lot of things that 
that you could make sort of your cause, the Troy Nail cause, things that your constituents care about a lot. Why pick one of the most contentious things out there um, for you for you to focus on? What is it about January 6th that that has sort of kept your attention so closely? Uh, because what the American people have heard from Benny Thompson, who was the chair of the January 6th Select Committee, and with Nancy Pelosi being in charge of it all, Benny's the puppet, Nancy's the puppet master. Nancy makes it bipartisan, so to speak, by putting Liz Cheney and Adam Kensinger on it. So what we knew is we had uh, over a dozen members of Congress, pretty much all Democrats, they all had one thing in common. They despised Donald J. Trump. They were going after Donald J. Trump. And when you look at their report that they released, uh, almost 800 pages, Donald Trump's name is in that over 4,000 times. The point is, this was about to destroy Donald Trump. That's what the committee was set up to do, to hold Donald Trump accountable, responsible for this. I think they just they mid-led, uh, misled the American people. And it's my goal and my vision right now to try to get the Republican conference to organize and start pushing back on this narrative. They have indicted him for this. They've indicted Donald J. Trump for January 6th. Uh, it's just, it's unacceptable. We need to push back on this and we need to get some truth into this because the American people haven't heard any of it. They haven't heard any truth, uh, about, uh, what truly took place on January 6th, what we can do to make sure it never happens again. It was all about continuing to destroy Donald Trump to keep him off the ballot in 2024. Right. And, and to your point, January 6th has been the pretext for not only going after Donald Trump, but it's been the pretext for widespread censorship and all across the media, but particularly on social media. It's been the pretext for the massive expansion of the FBI and the CIA and turning those agencies against American citizens in a way that they haven't been uh, done ever before. Um, tell us, what what is your message to um, constituents, not just in your district, but in other congresspeople's district, who's wondering, why will my congressman uh, not do anything about this? We're seeing America sort of implode. Um, and we need we don't have fighters in Washington. Of course, you're, you're doing a lot. But what, what is your message to uh, the, the sort of conservative base who's wondering what's happening and why is nobody pushing back against this? Well, my message would be to to my constituents in the base in, in Congressional District 22 in the great state of Texas is I'm fighting. I'm fighting hard. I'm only one person. But, the, you know, the idea that you'll get some people up here say we should move away from January 6th. Let's not talk about it. It's a black eye. It is a black eye on America, but it's not a black mm -hmm. eye on Donald J. Trump. They've indicted him for it. They want to put him in prison for years. Matter of fact, even in the state of Colorado, they're trying to take him off the ballot in Colorado because of insurrection. So Donald Trump is the leader of our party. Make no mistake about it. And they're trying to they're continuing to to try to destroy this man, make him look like he's a criminal. He's a crook. He's responsible for January 6th. And it couldn't be further from the truth. We need to get the information out to the American people and let the American people know that we shouldn't move away or shy away from January 6th. They just need to hear the other side of the story because they've only heard one side, Brandon. They've heard the sign of Benny Thompson and every other Trump hater that was on that committee. They want to blame Trump for this. Couldn't be further from the truth. And I share this. I talk a little bit about this in my book, in the big fraud, because it was a big fraud. The election was a big fraud and January 6th was a big fraud. And it's my intent to do everything I can to convince our new speaker that we need to spend some time on this over the next 10 months to defend our president, the leader of our party, the nominee. He's going to be the nominee and the 47th president. We need to give some uh, some, you know, light, put some facts to this and let the American people see those facts that Donald Trump is not responsible for January 6th. He's not. Absolutely. And like you said, you wrote about that in your book. You've probably done more than any other congressman I know of to, to do your best to set the record straight. What's, what's been the response from other Republicans in Congress at some of the things that you're doing? Or do, do they generally support you even if they're silent or, or do you get a lot of pushback from other conservative members for, for focusing on January 6th? Well, uh, the unfortunate part here, Brandon, is we have a crisis on every corner. 
I mean, there are many Republicans up here that are trying to fight back and say we have to scare us out of the border. We have to get inflation under control. We need to be energy independent again with fuel prices, grocery store prices, what we're seeing in Ukraine now with Hamas and Israel. I mean, there's a crisis on every corner. So I don't think, uh, quite honestly, and maybe in fairness to many of the members, they're not really truly thinking about January 6th, but I am. Mm -hmm. I am. And I think it's important that we don't shy away from January 6th. Uh, and, and we need to, we need to look at it. And I, I would be honored, uh, to lead a group of members here to look at January 6th, investigate the investigation, uh, the January 6th select committee, because we hear a lot of stuff that they're, they may have destroyed evidence. They may have gotten rid of the documents and deleted things. We need to know. We need to know what Benny Thompson and the others did on that sham committee. I need to know. The American people need to know. And if they truly did destroy what we've been hearing that they destroyed a lot of these documents. The real question is now, why would you do such a thing? And why was Nancy Pelosi? She was off the table. Benny Thompson made it very clear. No talking to Nancy. We're not talking to Nancy Pelosi about anything. No, Nancy Pelosi needs to be interviewed. She needs to be interviewed. And so we need to uncover uh, exactly what this January 6th committee, what they looked at, what they may have hidden from the eyes of the American people. It's important to know. And I'd be honored to lead that effort. Absolutely. And uh, again, you've written a lot about this in your book. Tell us the name of your book and where can people find it? It's called The Big Fraud. It's on Amazon. It's been endorsed by Donald Trump and it's been endorsed also uh, by Dinesh D'Souza. Very, very important. What a great American. If you haven't seen 2000 Mules, people, you got to go see that movie. Exposes the fraud that we saw in the election. And now you've got Police State. I think I got a little clip in there uh, from Police State. It was an honor to spend some time up here to let uh, Dinesh D'Souza know just uh, how horrible and how how just devastating this has been to our country, how the left is trying to destroy our president. And so I shed some light on some of that, specifically the killing, the murder of Ashley Babbitt. Right. And like we said, Congressman Nels is in the movie. You can see it tonight, the virtual premiere. You can stream it from home. Go to policestatefilm.net to find it and buy your tickets. Congressman Nels, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Brandon. God bless. God bless all your viewers, listeners. Mike Lindell just keeps on introducing great deals. He's featuring the all-new My Towels. Save 50% off on the six-piece towel set. Regular price is $59.96, but now for a limited time, it's only $29.98 with promo code Dinesh. Dinesh and Debbie have Mike's My Towels all over their house, and they love them for themselves but also love them to get them as Christmas presents or for guests like me. The My Towels six-piece set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths. These towels are amazing, I have to say. The long staple length of Sherper cotton fibers makes them very soft because of the long fibers. They can wrap around each other more easily, creating a smoother and softer fabric. Soft to the touch without the lotion feel and super absorbent. So take advantage of the 50% off on the six-piece towel set. Call 1-800-876-0227 or go to MyPillow.com. Again, that's 1-800-876-0227 or go to MyPillow.com. And don't forget to use promo code Dinesh. That's D-I-N-E-S-H, Dinesh. Last month, the G20 announced that it welcomed discussion of the effects of implementing central bank digital currencies in their countries. These digital currencies could allow the government to track every purchase you make. They could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. In essence, they could enable the government to take more control over your finances. Concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you should call Birch Gold, too. Dinesh and Debbie are customers. They buy their gold through Birch Gold. But find out for yourself. Text Dinesh to 989-898, and they'll send you a free info kit on gold. Here's the easiest way to become a Birch Gold customer. If you have an IRA or a 401k from a previous employer, 
just gathering dust. Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text Dinesh to 989-898. Claim your free info kit on gold, then call them. Because if digital currency becomes a reality, it'll be nice to have some gold to fall back on. Welcome back to the Dinesh D'Souza podcast. I'm Brandon Gill, filling in for Dinesh today as he is out doing his massive media tour promoting Police State. We've got another guest with us today. She's in the movie Police State where she tells her story. Bevelyn Williams. Bevelyn is a Mrs. Bevelyn Williams, I should say. Mrs. Bevelyn Williams is a Christian. She's a conservative. She's a pro-life activist. So Mrs. Bevelyn Williams, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Bevelyn, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. You've, um, your experience in the sort of conservative Christian community, what drew you into, uh, into activism originally? Uh, I think I had already been doing street ministry and missions since about 2013 uh, when I first saved. Um, but it was just, you know, uh, dealing with the homeless and things like that. But I learned a lot hitting the streets, preaching the gospel. I really kind of grew into a conservative because as I talked to individuals on the street, especially in Democrat cities, I realized a lot of laws and a lot of things in place. It was the cause of a lot of this poverty and like perverse mindset that I was seeing on the streets. So the more I hit the streets, the more I was just active as a Christian, the more conservative I became. Right. Um, mm. But things shifted and it turned up a little bit more intense in 2019. Um, Governor Cuomo had decided to legalize abortion to birth. And at this time, we would just go to abortion clinics and things here and there, but we were more so, I was more so comfortable going to the ghettos and going to the streets and talking to the homeless. That was fun for me. Um, but once he did that, it kind of hit me like a sack of bricks and it made me deal with the reality of the murder of innocent children, right? And mm. so our whole ministry shifted to deal with, the, the issue of life. Um, and so I think that very next day after he lit that uh, Empire State building up pink, we were out there preaching the gospel and raising our voices and just desperate at this point doing anything we could to sound the alarm on, you know, innocent kids being murdered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing that <clears throat> elite New York Democrats don't like, it's conservative and particularly Christians being pro-life and speaking their their opinions and uh it turns out you kind of found yourself on on uh the bad side of of the executive branch in new york tell us a little bit about what you were accused of doing as a violation of the face act so um you know because we had hit the abortion clinic we i lived in new york so the main abortion clinic is Margaret Square Sanger, okay, which is one of the most prominent abortion clinics of Planned Parenthood, and I believe of just the whole abortion world, right? Right. Is this in so, this is in Manhattan? Is that right? Or is this? Yep. Okay. Because I, yep, I remember that because we we lived in Manhattan, and I remember walking walking by the street because it's called Margaret. That's the name of the street is Margaret Sanger Street. It's it's amazing. But any, anyways, go ahead. So I was living in Staten Island at the time. So I would drive all the way from Staten Island to Manhattan to go to that clinic because that's where they did the full term abortions. Uh, and so they were open at what? Six, seven a.m. We were there six thirty, six a.m. And we were we were just, you know, I have to watch my words now because I realize they can be used against me, even if you're a home of slave. We were waking the neighborhood up. We were preaching. We were praying in the spirit. We were going off in a sense of making it known this place is already scheduled to kill babies. And the thing is, I believe and I believe my best friend, Edme, who did it with me, we were so pungent and powerful at this clinic that we, you know, most, you know, pro-life people, they counsel and they kind of stop the women and talk to the women. And we would do that here and there. And if they needed help, we would help them. But for the most part, there were no women, women coming in. Mm. There was nothing happening. The, the, the clinics were dead because we were preaching that gospel so powerfully. People were driving up and leaving. 
and they weren't coming back. Okay. So they couldn't take this. On top of that, we black. Okay, mind you, the two main men just there were black as well. So now you got these loudmouth Christian black girls in front of the building going a thousand miles an hour. And I mean, we were pointing out the signs of them saying for black women and they were marketing to black women. So we were exposing it. And I mean, they just they were so upset with us. They called the cops on us so many times. 30, 40, 50 police, police officers will come, but they couldn't arrest us because we did not violate any crime. Now, mm-hmm. COVID happens. COVID happens. All of a sudden, the rules change for a reason. Because for whatever reason with COVID, they just decided they could implement these fake laws. They started to tell us, oh, you can't be on the uh, uh, sidewalk. We fought that. We got arrested, but they ended up throwing out the case because they had nothing. And then we mm-hmm. did a Jesus marriage rally right after now, at this rally, it was a nonviolent event. We posted it on Eventbrite. And so we had counter protesters come because they knew we were going to have the event. It was a successful, amazing event. Then a year later, and I had I had already moved to Tennessee at this time. A year later, I had come back to the clinic and they saw that I was at the clinic. And Letitia James had announced on Twitter she was going to sue me. And my best friend for being at the clinic on a state suit, right? We ended up settling the mm-hmm. case. They gave us an, mind you, I just listened to my lawyer. I did not even know they were suing us for the Jesus Matters rally until after the fact. I just mm-hmm. was like, okay, whatever. He said, just settle. I said, okay, fine. We settled uh, for a 30 foot injunction. We were now to be at least 30 feet away from the building. And if we went near it, five, okay. So from mm-hmm. that point on, we never went by the building. We just kind of charged it to the game. Okay, took it as a loss. And then uh, I think a year later, we are going to abortion clinics in other cities. We're going to abortion clinics here here in Tennessee, Atlanta, right before Dotson happened. And Letitia James gets wind that we are still active. So then she decides to take that settled case. She gives it to Damian Williams, FBI of New York City. And they turned a settled case into a criminal charge against me and my best friend for face and face conspiracy, where I'm facing 15 years on a settled case and my best friend's facing a year because they saw, again, they've been regurgitating the same case. We haven't had a new case, a new suit, anything. They've been recycling the same case. Mind you, it was never faced in the first place. We just we just settled and we didn't we didn't we didn't settle with guilt or anything. We just settled. But now they brought it up to a federal level. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's there's so much there. But where where does the conspiracy part come into play? What, what are they trying to say that you, you there's some massive pro-life conspiracy that you're the head of? Or what is this? Yes. So what they're saying is that because we travel that what they did was they took the case in New York. And they took everything we've done. Now, mind you, every time I would go to a abortion clinic, I'd go live so that I could have witnesses. God forbid I was accused of anything. Mm-hmm. They said when I was in Florida, when I was in, I would go to a pro-life event in Florida, they were watching me. When I would go to a pro-life event in Atlanta, they were watching me. Everywhere I went, they were watching me for a year. Mm-hmm. And then they hit me with this case and said, because I went to these other events, I conspired And I was the head. They're saying I'm the head of all of these events. And I'm the one conspiring and sending people to clinics to block clinics. That's the charge. Mm -hmm. Wow. So in other words, they they resurrected a case that you had already settled basically on the pretext that they knew you were continuing to be involved in pro-life activism. They saw you were doing it all over the country. So then they added this conspiracy charge on top of everything else. Mm hmm. Simply mm-hmm. just to silence you, presumably. I mean, what what is going through your head whenever you first hear about this? What are you thinking? I mean, you you have a case that's that was settled. You thought you had kind of moved past it, and now you're facing 15 years in prison. Um, I think for me, I'm realizing that they're really out for blood. Mm-hmm. This is not a game. They're as serious as serious can get, and they're desperate and they're petty. Okay, Um, Mm -hmm. I'm realizing and my lawyer told me this today 
they're they're misusing face to charge me. I, I'm technically the way I've ministered and the way I've done ministry. I've never stopped a person from going to into the clinic unless they were willing to stop and talk to me. It was never mm-hmm. by force. I've never done anything by force. I'm a nonviolent activist, and I made that very clear in my stance. So my lawyer was explaining to me that they're not even legally using the charge right. So they're so desperate. They're willing to break laws to charge you. And I'm going to be honest with you. I knew this coming in. Once they brought up the charges, I said, okay, mind you, after they bring up the charges, the good news is my door wasn't bust in because due to, I was at January 6th. I was there. I didn't go in, but I was there. Mm -hmm. So the Mm -hmm. FBI was already watching me as Dinesh pointed out. The FBI was watching me. One of the FBI agents came knocking on my door. I'm not going to mention her name for her safety. And she started to like check in on me and monitor me. Well, lo and behold, we became friends. And she, you know, had excuse me, you know, you, you're a real Christian. Like you're, wow. Like she was blown away. You really are a Christian. And so me and her were cool. So she would come by. I would introduce her to my little brother. I'm like, oh, she's an FBI agent. Like I, I, I thought she was a beautiful, amazing woman. So I would just brag on the fact that she worked for the FBI and I would pray for her and everything like that. She, she would come to my house for visits and things like that. And so we had built a nice relationship <laughs> to her watching me. Right. Oh. And so now when they tell me that I got a warrant, I got a warrant out for my rest. I didn't know. She calls me. I'm at dinner. She calls me. She's like, listen, they got a warrant out for your rest. They're going to try to come and kick in your door. I need you to meet me at the federal building downtown tomorrow, 9 a.m. I said, OK, I'm coming. So then she let them know I got she's coming. She's meeting with me. Uh-huh. So she did that to protect me, to keep them from busting through my door. That was the favor of God. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And so now once I got charged, I, they're telling me I'm not allowed to do ministry. They took my passport. I'm not allowed to leave the southern part of Tennessee without a judge's permission. Right. I got a probation officer. Mind you, it's a pending case. I got to check into a probation officer every first Monday of the month. Like I'm mm-hmm. already a criminal. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm as I'm listening to all of this happening, I'm like, I think they are aware that this isn't going to stick, but they don't care. This is the spank. This is, you're going to sit down now because we want you to sit down. You don't want to sit down when I tell you to. Now you're going to sit down. I'm not allowed to do manage. My first amendment is gone. I am not, if I get caught in front of abortion clinic, I'm on a $30,000 bail. I have to pay $30,000 cash or go to jail and they can still remand me to jail for the rest of my case. That's how real this thing is. So I think, I don't think I'm doing 15 years. And I think they know I'm not doing 15 years. But you know what? If they can keep me locked down for a year or two without doing ministry, that's what they're doing. Right. I mean, I think that you you put it uh, very clearly and succinctly whenever you say that they're out for blood. It's amazing whenever you're talking about this because you were very close to having your house raided by the FBI despite the fact that you haven't done anything violent here. There's no indication that you're going to be violent, that you're going to resist arrest in any way. You've been very cooperative. You've already, um, you've already been working with, with the government on this, mm. which is one of the, the, the sort of scary and stunning parts of this. Um, but, but you mentioned one other thing. You said that you're not allowed to do ministry now. Tell us about that. What are, what are they, what are they trying to stop you from doing now? So uh, let me give you the breakdown. When, mm-hmm. Turn myself in in Chattanooga, Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. That's where the FBI agent was that was watching me. That's where I turned myself in. That's where she's at, right? Mm-hmm. So once I turned myself in, they gave me a court date for New York. We made our way to New York. The min- our ministry covered our expenses. We got to New York. We met them there because I had to get a pretrial officer for Tennessee and I had to get one for New York too because I'm charged in, in New York. Um, but again, when they arrested, when they didn't arrest me, I turned myself in. But once they booked me, they had already had intentions to release me on my own recognizance. You understand? They never had any any out on bail, anything like that. But once mm-hmm. we got to New York, now mind you, the mm-hmm. judge in Tennessee was like, just let them go. Mm-hmm. Once we got to New York, now y'all need a thirty thousand dollar bail. You need two people to co-sign the bail. All right. My best friend had to do the same thing. On top of that, when we got to the judge, and brother, when I tell you, this judge. 
And this is something, I don't know how this is going to happen, but these judges have to be taken account as well because a lot of them come with an opinion mm-hmm. and they're not operating from balanced scales. This mm-hmm. woman was, my two lawyers, we, my best, me and my best friend got lawyers. Our lawyers deal with kingpin drug dealers. Guys moving weight. Okay. So mm-hmm. when they took our case, they were like, this is kind of weird for us. They didn't understand how to handle the case because they're like, this is like really political. You know, we used mm-hmm. to be like real, like white collar crime, real, real criminals. They didn't know how to deal with us. So when they went to the, the, the when we went to um the pre-trial case and they're making these arrangements for us and giving us our stuff like that, he they're talking to the lawyer and the lawyer's like, well, listen, I think they're a danger to society. I think that they're a flight risk. So we're going to keep uh, the all the implements requested from the pr- uh, prosecutors. They are not allowed to leave the state of Tennessee. They are not even allowed to do ministry because they are threats to society. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're putting them on a uh, cash bail. Right. So now when we get out of the, the uh, courtroom, my, judge, my, my lawyers are like, yeah, this is personal. They said, I've never I've never seen her that nasty before. I've had guys charged with uh, 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 white collar crime stealing millions of dollars and they were Mm -hmm. way more nicer than this judge. Mm -hmm. And they knew in that moment. okay, we're we're dealing with a little bit of fire right now. Right. You're a menace to society for protesting outside an abortion clinic. Yes, we're a danger. It's 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 hard to comprehend that that's the reality of law and order. But the. um, the, the attorney general who's going after you, Letitia James, is the same one who's going after President Trump right now. And to your point, these are not unbiased judges. This is not an unbiased attorney general. These are people with clear, very clear. deliberate agendas. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, Letitia, okay, I'm about to say something and... I, I guess I could say it because I'm black. I really, you could say it if you want to. It's America, but I could say it because I'm black. I'm saying the teacher is a token. Okay. The teacher, let me tell you what the teacher's doing. The teacher is a token. The teacher's trying to get further in her career. The teacher needs a pat on her back as an obedient little black lawyer that's doing everything she can do to help the regime get as far as they can go so she can get as far as she can get in her career. And she don't care who she steps on to get there. That's Letitia. And I actually, I see her as a victim. I do. Mm-hmm. I feel sorry for her because someone has to really have an identity crisis and not who they are and who God designed them to be to go so low that you would even break laws and, and tear up people's families and just weigh people down with charges. And I mean, they could care less how we pay for our lawyer. They could care mm-hmm. less whether we got paid the next month, beating us, beating us, beating us financially. Thank God for Dinesh for blessing me and my family so that we can get ahead. But they could care less who they're hurting and how much they're stripping you just to make a point. Mm-hmm. And that's Letitia. Letitia is nothing but a token to the bigger, bigger picture. That's all she is. And besides she's black, they want to use her. They want they want to try to push a narrative to the black community that, yeah, you know, they're going after them. Look, 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 they've been willing to lock up their own. So this is. Right. And like you said, they're they're out for blood and they're not going to stop anywhere i mean there there it, it kind of feels like there are no boundaries now on what they're willing to do to people um so so what's what's next for you how does this play out over the next couple of years well um there's some good news there's some good news to this um because of this case depending on whether i'm exonerated or the case is dismissed I will have every right to go after Planned Parenthood directly. The big dogs came after me, so I can go after the big dogs. So there's some good news there. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm trusting the Lord. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. This has been, you know, one of the best times of my life. You know, I had just got married and had a baby before the case happened. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Mama (laughs) Beth. Um, my little Google, I love, she's so cute too. She's cute as a thing, but, um, 
I've taken me and my husband have taken the time to just kind of spend time in the Lord together and grow. And it's really made us stronger in Christ more than I thought we ever would be. Um, there has been so many temptations to fold. Uh, they offered me plea deals. They, you know, that's what they want. Either want you to do a plea deal or they're going to just bring you out to the end and just right. bring the pocket. Um, I have not folded, um, but I've grown in the Lord and I've realized, wow, you know, um, I've had to see, it's taught me to see God's plan in the midst of something that seems so satanic and something that looks like a losing battle. Um, but if you know the word and if you know God, you know, just when you think Satan is going to win, God has a, a way of delivering his people. So I'm trusting the Lord for a dismissal. It is actually still mm-hmm. a dismissal. We're waiting on the lawyer, uh, I mean, the judge to speak on it. And this judge that I which I don't think they wanted me to have. My judge used to work for Donald Trump's oldest sister. <laughs> so you're so, hopefully in good hands. Hopefully. We don't know. We don't know, but I trust God. So I am in good hands as far as God is concerned. Worst case scenario, I'll probably do a year in jail. But this is the thing. Baby, mm-hmm. put me in jail. Put me wherever you want to put me. The gospel going to be preached. It's a lot of people in jail that need to know Jesus and they at the end of their role. So they definitely need to know Jesus. So if you want to put me there, you want me to convert, either way, either way I go. Jesus is getting preached. So how I help mm-hmm. you you got to do this is I'm good. Mm-hmm. That's right. I love that. Mrs. Bevelyn Williams, thanks for joining us. It's an incredible story. We'll be uh, watching it closely and praying for you. So good luck for the next couple of years. Thank you. And I will say this one last thing. Mm-hmm. Because I've been on lockdown, I had this business idea and finally started it and launched my business. So thank you, Lord. I've been able to do something while I'm sitting at home being a mom. So praise the Lord for that too. Good for you. That's incredible. Thank you. Nash and Debbie are on a great health journey, but they still struggle to eat enough fruits and vegetables and fiber. Lucky for them, they discovered Balance of Nature. And what better way to get all your fruits and veggies plus fiber than with Balance of Nature? Balance of Nature fruits and veggies are made from fresh, whole produce. Their produce is powdered after an advanced vacuum-cold process, which stabilizes the maximum nutrient content. And their Balance of Nature fiber and spice is a proprietary blend of fiber and 12 spices for overall and digestive health. So like Dinesh and Debbie have, start your journey to better health right now. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code AMERICA. Again, that's balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code AMERICA. That wraps up things for today. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure to check out my website, dcinquirer.com. That's dcinquirer with an E.com, where my team and I release breaking news comment, con, content excuse me, and commentary on everything going on in U.S. politics. Make sure to follow me on social media. I'm at Real Brandon Gill on X slash Twitter. I'm also on Instagram. I'm simply at Brandon Gill on Truth Social, and you can find me on Facebook as well. But most importantly, and you know where I'm going with this, if you haven't already, make sure you watch Police State. Dinesh and Debbie have been working on this with a fantastic team of producers for the past several months. You can get tickets to the virtual premiere, which is tonight. I highly encourage you to do that. You'll get to hear virtual exclusive Q&A live from Dinesh D'Souza and Dan Bongino. You'll hear an awesome performance from the MAGA rapper Forgashio Blow, whose show is in the movie, or excuse me, whose song is in the movie. And it'll be an amazing night. It's all live and you need to get tickets ahead of time. So again, that's policestatefilm.net where you can find tickets and information on that. Again, policestatefilm.net. If you can't make it to watch the virtual premiere tonight, you can stream the stream the movie, excuse me, starting tomorrow, Saturday, October 28th on Rumble. If you choose that route, you can watch it 
anytime you want from the comfort of your own home. But regardless of which which route you take, make sure you watch it. Spread the word. Tell your friends and family to watch it too. We need to get as many people as we possibly can to wake up and see what's happening to our country, to this burgeoning and, and rapidly expanding police state. So again, make sure to watch Police State. That's policestatefilm.net. Thanks for having me. God bless. Subscribe to the Dinesh D'Souza podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify, or watch on Rumble, YouTube, and SalemNow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.